Bless you, mothers. Bless you, bless you. The thing about Mother's Day is it can be a blessing or it can be painful. It depends on where you're at in life and uh, what you've experienced through a mother or what you didn't have in a mother. Uh, some of you want to be mothers and, and haven't been able to be. That's a painful situation. But, you know, you can be a mother spiritually, and there's so many dimensions to motherhood. And we're in a series on mentoring, and so I thought it would be very appropriate for us to learn how to mentor like a mom. Amen? Say it with me. Mentor like a mom. Mentor like a mom. That mom looks a little stern, but that's okay. That's that look that a mother gives when you know you better just stand still and figure out what you are about to do or have done. Sometimes when you mentor people, you need to have the heart of a mom. Moms can be gentle and comforting and caring, but at the same time they got laser beam eyes and they'll call you out like that. Why? Because they love you. And a good mentor isn't going to just simply fluff and, and, and fluff your pillow, but sometimes, you know, hit it, the rug with the whisk to, to make sure that things are in a right order and in a right way. In fact, let me, let me share with you some of the things that moms are known for. Moms are known to motivate. Mentors should motivate. How many of you know that? Uh, you know, so here's some motivational words from moms. If you want to act like a child, I'll treat you like a child. But wouldn't that be great to say someone to, to someone you're mentoring and, and they're behaving foolishly? Right? You know, you're going to behave like that, I'm going to treat you like that. Now, the one thing you can't say to someone you're mentoring is, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. <laughs> that doesn't go well as a mentor. Okay, so if, you, if you're a mentor, don't say that because someone will call the police on you. That's a threat. Moms can get away with that, though, right? They can motivate that way. Uh, I like this one. This is a mom motivator. God gave you a brain, now use it. That's a good one, isn't it? I would like to say that to many people. What, are your legs broken? Get up and get it yourself. That's a good one. I think that's in Mark, chapter... I don't know if Jesus would say He could say that. Now, this is, this is a classic. This is, this is just age-old wisdom, right? Moms would use this. If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you go and jump off a bridge with them? Right? Isn't that a good thing to do, to say as you're mentoring people? Right? Everybody else is going to the bar. Are you going to go to the bar with them? Mm-hmm. Sin is that way. Likes a crowd. How many of you have been swayed in the past, right? Because everybody's going and it's like, and your mom says, hmm? So a mentor needs to point these things out. And then you'd say, but Dave's mom lets him do it. And you go live at Dave's house then and I'll pack the bag for you. Imagine Jesus saying that, Right? Dave does it, yeah, well, you want to go live with the devil? Go ahead. Jesus wouldn't do that. He'd, he'd get you in order. Mentoring is important. It's hard. We've got to motivate. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. <laughs> and then the final motivator of a mom, because I said so. That's a good one. Wouldn't that be great if we did that with Jesus? 
and his word? Why should I? Why should I? Because I said so. Do it. All who have ears to hear, let them obey. Let them hear. Now that's a mom's motivation. So moms love to motivate. Moms are good motivators, right? Dads motivate. Dads motivate. That's why moms say, wait till your father gets home. Because my motivation's not working. Dad's got another form of motivation that's coming. Whether you feel like it or not, he'll change the way you feel. Right? You'll feel different when father comes home. But you see, parenting is, is, the, is the first access to mentoring. We were all to be mentored by parents. They are the representation of God himself. Male and female, they were created in his image. There's a father heart and a mother heart in God. And we were to be trained under that. And we were to learn from that. And so mom's mentoring was always to motivate us to do well, to excel, and, and to find out who we are, and, and to become productive and good people. And then, of course, to do that, moms need to correct, don't they? Like, like just a lot of screaming going on, and, and, and she would say, someone better be bleeding if you're going to pull that again. I like this one. This one I would hear quite often in the stores, and I would think to myself, I'll never say this to my children. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> that never made much sense to me until I heard it coming out of my mouth. <laughs> now, I'm not a mom, but I understood the wisdom in that saying. Right? As if they're going to go, I can't, kids can't stop crying. They don't know how to stop crying. They can't control. They go, and when they try, ever see a kid try to stop crying? And then you yell at them for that. Stop it. You're going to hyperventilate. These kids have no control over their bodies. They're lost. They don't know what to do. This is one of my favorites for the church. Stop your whining. Isn't that a good one? That's a great one. That's a really good one. Uh, uh, Especially in the Western church. Um, Moms have to correct. Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. That's another good one. Right? Now, you have to... You have to get, when you're mentoring someone, you have to get to know them quite well to be able to say, I've instructed you, I've offered you ideas, I've told you, and you keep doing the same thing. And I'm telling you right now, you better stop it or you're headed for a lot of trouble. Don't you wish you had someone that could speak into your life like that? There are times where we need someone just to give us a, 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 a major check. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you to stop it, shape up, behave. And I I want the Holy Spirit to do that. Don't you use that tone with me, missy. (laughs) That's another good thing that that we could learn from moms and the way we address moms. Moms are supposed to earn respect. Moms are supposed to have respect. You see, again, parenting is the first order of learning submission to authority. If you can't learn to submit to your mother and father, you've got a life of trouble ahead of you. 
And then when you get saved and you need to learn to submit to the Father and you can't submit to Him, you got trouble. And so then what happens is you don't, a lot of times what happens is kids don't learn to submit and give honor to their parents, right? It's the first, pro, uh, the first command with promise. Do you know what the promise is? If you honor and obey your parents, you will live long. Do you know why that's the promise? Because if you don't, you'll be killed. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. That's the law of Moses. <laughs> so, I mean, you, there's your alternative, folks. But there's wisdom in it. Here's the wisdom, because if you don't learn to honor those in authority over you, even in the simple structure of family, then when the kids go to school and they don't learn to honor the teacher and those in authority, they end up in the corner at the principal's office. And then they get tired of that, and they don't want to listen, so the next authority in their life is civil authority and the police. And then they don't want to listen to that and don't want to listen to others. Most of them either go to jail or join the army. And that cracks me up. Because that's where you're going to learn to submit to authority. And that's typically what happens. You're going to learn to submit to authority. How many of you took a while to learn to submit to authority? Anybody here? I got a row, right? A whole row right here. (laughs) Right? We've always had trouble submitting to authority. Some of you have. Some of you had parents that taught you and you learned to submit to mom. Because they corrected. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. And that's really, really important. And how often, boy, do we need to listen to the Holy Spirit? Moms are like the Holy Spirit. You better wipe that look off your face. (laughs) That's uh, honor to where honor is due. Don't make me come over there. Don't make me stop this car. I pulled that one a few times. I remember one time... Uh, I don't know what single moms do. Moms, I don't know how you can handle it. I, my hat's off to you. You need intercession and prayer, single moms. Bless you. Bless you. Wow. Because I don't know how many times my wife saved our children's lives. <laughs> and vice versa. We would help each other. We knew when the parent was like, she's done. She's toast. I better come in and rescue those kids. But I'll never forget backing out of a driveway one day, and uh, my kids were, you know, he's touching me, he looked at me, he's doing this, she said that, he's in it, you know, and I was fed up, and I was pulling out, looking in the rearview mirror, and I stopped the car and turned around and said, listen, you'll make me stop this car, and spits coming out of my mouth, and the kids are like, and I realized what I became, and my wife said, it's okay. She calmed the thing, situation down. But how many of you know kids can drive you crazy, right? I don't know what a single mom does because when she's like at her wit's end, she's got no one to step in, right? So now it's time for you to go to your room. For your life, just go to your room. But how many of you want the Holy Spirit to be that actively engaged in correcting us? He... He's a mentor. I say he because Jesus gives him the male pronoun of he. Another comforter shall come, and he shall guide you into all truth. But throughout church history, many theologians have referenced that in the Holy Spirit is the feminine attributes of God, the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, 
right? These are all the attributes, the female attributes that are found within God as well. And the Holy Spirit broods like a mother hen over the earth. She, she births, right? The Holy Spirit births in you. So quite often the Holy Spirit is related to as the feminine aspect of God's nature and much like a mom. And many of us are not giving respect to mom, the Holy Spirit. Many of us are not listening and heeding the voice of the Holy Spirit. See, all of this as well is what we need to be for each other as mentors. We need people in our lives. Mom were the firsts and original mentors because they nurtured, they corrected, they taught. And so many of us could learn how to mentor other people better. And we're in a study on mentoring because this is what brings the fruit of Christianity to the earth. Fruit is souls being saved. That's the fruitfulness of, of salvation. And that's done not just by saying a prayer at the altar. Okay? We get people to come up here, recite this prayer, mean it really in your heart, and some of them don't even know what they're saying or why. They just know that God's touching their heart. And of course, by faith, they can be saved. But if we don't follow up and mentor them or disciple them, you know, that this thing's going to get choked off by the things of the world. So we need to learn how to mentor. Now, I was... Uh, fascinated to find this verse in Romans 16 concerning Paul, one of the greatest mentors there, we, there was. We talked about Paul mentoring Titus last week and Timothy, right? And what a mentor is. And so uh, in Romans chapter 16, at the end of that chapter, you'll know in 16, he's saying greetings to everybody. Hey, pay attention to Phoebe. She's going to bring this letter. She'll be reading it to you. Uh, honor her as a deaconess. And he says, say hi to Stephanos, to the house of Stephanos. Those people are addicted to ministry. They're awesome. I'm paraphrasing. He says, say hi to this guy. Say hello to them. And then he says this, and greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who's been a mother to me also. Now that's cool. I, I don't think that Paul's just saying that, you know, to the, to the mothers of the church and all the other ladies. He's calling this lady out. Now, there's a little bit of an interesting history behind who this woman could be. He says, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Obviously, the people in Rome knew who Rufus was. And if you'll reference Mark 15, verse 21, how many of you remember when Jesus was carrying that cross to Calvary, they called a man out. They called Simon of Cyrene. All right? Now, Cyrene is in northern Africa. So he was an African. Here's some news for you, too. Gospel of Mark, right? John Mark. He was from Cyrene. He was from Africa as well. And so here's Mark writing, and Mark must have known Simon of Cyrene, devout Jews. Uh, tradition says that John Mark, or Mark, the one who wrote the gospel, him and his mother Mary and father moved from Cyrene of northern Africa to Palestine, to, you know, to Bethlehem, to that area, to Jerusalem, where they had a large house that had the Last Supper and the Pentecost. Uh, all that happened at uh, their house. They must have known Simon of Cyrene, the same place, because only in Mark's gospel does he say this. They compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, 
and the father of Alexander and Rufus. So here he's bringing his two boys to Passover in Jerusalem, as a good Jew would do, from Africa. He's coming in, and he's bringing his boys there. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus, and as they're standing, they're interrupted during their day as they're getting ready for Passover, and there's a crowd, and there's yelling, and Roman soldiers, and whipping, and beating, and before his eyes, there's a man who falls on the ground with a crown of thorns, and he's bleeding, and he's been beaten to a pulp, and what's going on? And all of a sudden, a Roman soldier pulls him in, and says, you carry the cross. The impact on him, church tradition says, had such an impact on him, he obviously brought that faith back to his wife as well. And his children, Alexander and Rufus, came up in the Lord, grew up in the Lord, and that's the Rufus that Paul is referencing, and the mother of Rufus is the wife of Simon of Cyrene. she somehow had an influence on the Apostle Paul. Rufus, say hi to Rufus, but make sure you say hi to his mother, who's also been what? A mother to me. Now, I don't know Paul's upbringing. I, I don't know who his mom was, where he was with the family. Some speculate he possibly was married because as part of the Sanhedrin and a Pharisee, it was normal to be married as a rabbi, but Saul became Paul. Some speculate maybe his wife left him after he converted or possibly she died. But here he is, a man alone. Now, what kind of an influence did this mother have on Paul? Enough for him to say and give testimony, she's my spiritual mom. She's my spiritual mom. Mentoring is powerful. We see this apostle who sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest rabbis that ever was, who had such a mentoring influence on Paul, who was Saul, who became probably the greatest rabbi of Christianity, right? So Gamaliel may have been his spiritual father, but Rufus's mom was his spiritual mother. You can have an influence on somebody. You may not know it, but that kid you're mentoring, that child that you're mentoring and that you're pouring into, that Sunday school kid that you saw, that neighborhood kid that you're talking to, that friend you're meeting over coffee, you don't know what God's got in store for them. And you might be mentoring a Paul. You might be mentoring a Phoebe. You might be mentoring a John Mark. You might be mentoring somebody. Anybody that becomes somebody was a nobody who got mentored. Am I right? Now, why do I stress this? Because the mentoring that Paul got from Rufus's mother, if you'll turn with me, I'll put it on the board, but if you'll turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 6 to 8, Paul says this, We didn't seek glory from you people whether from you or others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But he says this, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you became very dear to us. 
See, people have a problem with, with Paul. They think Paul's harsh. They think Paul is negative towards women. They think he's just a, a, you know, a hard-nosed guy. He's just. But you read verses like this. The church at Thessalonica started in three weeks. The book of Acts tells us that Paul was in Thessalonica for three Sabbaths, and then he had to leave. And in those three weeks, what Paul was able to do was go so deep to birth a church in three weeks. How could he do that? How could he birth a work? And in the, in the, in the letter of Thessalonica, it says that they received the word and the power of the Spirit with full conviction. And that's the third element that, that really gets a church established and powerful, is that everybody received him with full conviction. They all believed. How did he get them all to believe? Signs and wonders? He did that at Corinth. He said, you know, I, I came here not speaking with eloquent speech, but with signs and wonders. But in Thessalonica, it was something else. And what was it? I believe it was the mothering mentoring that he gave. And this verse says it. We were like a nursing mother to you. We embraced you. Now, a nursing mother is one who cradles that baby into her breast. And that's what Paul's saying. Now, where did Rabbi Paul, who's stern and tough, learn about a mothering mentoring, a, a, a sweet mentoring so kind, to take care of her own children? So affectionately desire, we not only shared the gospel, but we gave you ourselves. You see, this is mothering mentoring. There are times when I mentor people, and I can mentor the Word of God, and we do studies. We study the Word of God, and I take you deep, or we'll mentor in prayer, and I'll show you spiritual things. But there are times with some people where I mentor my heart. And that's what we've got to give if we're going to mentor into people. Right? How many of you had that teacher that went past the arithmetic, past the math, and they paid a little more attention to you. I don't know why, but you struck something in their heart. And they just spent a little extra time with you. Did they, has anybody ever had anybody like that? And if you haven't, I want to pray that someday you will. And I don't know where Paul, uh, what kind of mentoring he got. But what I do know is that Rufus's mom was enough for him to say, Say hi to Ma for me, Rufus. Say hi to mom. She's my mom too. And it's in that mothering mentoring that he could come to a city and birth a church because not only did he preach the word and demonstrate the power of the spirit, but he gave his heart like a mother who nurses a baby and an infant. And why? Why would he do this? Because they became very dear to us. It is not easy to open your heart up to people. Mentoring is a, is a time when you have to develop trust. How many of you know that? Because you can pour into people, but you've got to find someone who wants to be poured into and who will listen and reciprocate and appreciate it. Right? And then as that effort blossoms, you pour deeper and you pour deeper. And like a mom, you overlook the flaws, you overlook the mistakes, you overlook the rough edges, and you keep loving. That's 
mother mentoring. And let me give you a further insight into Paul. He says this in Galatians 4.19, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. This is a man talking. This man is talking about giving birth. That's a mentoring mom, even though he's a man. Are you catching my drift? You getting what I'm saying? It's the heart. It's that mother heart of God. It's that mentoring that goes to where you're in anguish. You're praying. And let me tell you, there is nothing more profound in, on this planet than a mother who prays for her child. Amen? We can all thank mom for that. A praying mom. And that's a spiritual mom, too. A mom who, who brought someone into Christ's life. And they're praying that Christ is formed in you. That's mother mentoring. And that's where we want to go. Now, you're not going to have 20 or 30 people that you're mentoring that are going to be on that level. Jesus had 70 disciples, followers. He had 12 in authority. And out of the 12, he took three that were his close mentoring people. Right? So you're going to have one or two that you're going to pour into and pour into. Maybe your own children. Maybe a niece or a nephew. Maybe a kid down the block. I don't know. It may be your neighbor who's 80 years old and you're only 30. But you're starting to pour in. And they're hungry to hear the word. And all of a sudden your heart's engaged in this mentoring. And you recognize that you're giving them a lifeline. And you want to see Jesus birthed in them born in them. That is mothering, mentoring. That's what I'm talking about. And again, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit Himself. He wants to shape Christ in you. He births Christ in you. The Holy Spirit never gives up on us. How many of you know that? Moms never give up on you. They believe in you. Brother, you bring that duck to this church, I don't know how often. <laughs> you need to keep that quacking out. <laughs> but we never give up on each other, do we? <laughs> no, the Holy Spirit doesn't give up. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit give up on us? There's some people who teach that God gives up on us. And say, oh, you know, you do bad things, God's done with you. <laughs> done with you. Wow, really? You know, his patience is forever. His love is forever. He, he doesn't give up on us. Now, what he'll do is correct us, and he'll discipline us. Oh, yes. But how many of you have been disappointed with someone you've been pouring into? Anybody? <laughs> if you've been pouring into anybody, Right? Don't give up. Let's keep praying through. There are times you have to discipline. There are times you have to step away. But let's not stop praying. Let's not give up. Amen? So moms never give up. Moms never give up. How many of you know moms that their sons have gone the wrong way? Their daughters have gone the wrong way. I know moms that, that weep over their children who 
who are just, you know, strung out on drugs or in prison, just making wrong choices, going the wrong way. But you know what that mother still does? Prays. As long as there's breath, there's hope, and mom will pray. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit will continue to move and seek? I don't know how many people have been saved out of a crack house or saved in a prison cell because the Holy Spirit came on them so heavily because of intercession and prayer. Let's not give up on each other. That's a mentoring that lasts. Mothers protect you. They warn you. We need to protect each other. When you see someone that you're mentoring and that you're caring for is going down the wrong path, you've got to step out. You've got to say, no, no, this isn't right. Don't do it. Be bold enough to call out sin. If you're going to mentor someone, call out sin. Even if they get offended by it. And they don't come back around for a couple months. I don't know how many of you had that happen. They come after about five or six months later and go, okay, you're right. Mom's discipline. So should we as mentors. They always give advice. Moms always have advice. Moms always give advice. It never ends. I don't care how old you are. I'm 59 and my mother gives me advice. But you know what? She's older than I am and she's still learning and she's giving me advice. I could use it. Moms cover you in grace. This is one of the most important things I can see that's so necessary in the church as a mentor. We've got to cover people. How many of you want someone that even when you mess up royally and you fail miserably, that someone will still say, let's get this thing together. Let's work on this. We can fix this. I'm an overseer for our denomination, and there are many times that I have to work with pastors that have fallen. And many times where pastors or church leaders fall in sin, grievous sin, no doubt. Most people scatter. Most people are angry and hurt and bitter, and I get it and I understand it. But someone's got to cover that brother. Someone's got to go and say, look it. You messed up royally, but I love you. And I see God's call on your life, and I know that you can get through this. That's a mentor. That's what we need to be for our friends and our brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Last of all, mothers never stop praying. They never stop praying. They cover you with grace. They care for you. I'm going to close with this as an ode to mom. As a, as a young man, there was a part of my life that my mom covered for me. I so appreciated it. I was a bedwetter till I was like nine years old. You know how embarrassing that is? <laughs> We're feeling it. We're feeling it. There are things we do that we have shame over, right? Imagine, you know, you, know, you, you don't want to go sleep over your buddy's house, right? 
and, and we would go away to uh, my grandpa's cottage, and, and it was like everybody slept in the same bed together. You had like five kids in a bed, right? No one wanted me in their bed. <laughs> I remember my sister saying, I ain't sleeping with him. But I'll never forget how my mom so patiently, you know how old that gets? Taking the sheets off the bed, smelly, washing them, <laughs> drying them. You know, I just slept so deep and, and whatever the, the problem was. But I use that as an example because most of us still wet the bed spiritually. And Jesus cleans the bed and washes the linens clean, doesn't he? And how about a brother or sister in the Lord that says, ew, I don't want to be with them. See, a mother mentoring spirit, you, they can tell you their faults, they can tell you your sins, and you're not going to react like, well, I don't want to get together with you again. You cover it. And my mom was patient with me and she covered that sin and she, she didn't let people know when it happened and she would take care of the problem before others could recognize and, and my mom covered me. That's a mothering, mentoring spirit. Can you do that for the people you care for? Now she took me to the doctor. She did everything she could to get me to get this thing straightened out and hallelujah, I don't wet the bed anymore. My wife is celebrating that. But I just use that as an example. Mentoring takes a heart that Paul learned from his spiritual mom, I believe. A heart that he said he labored in prayer and that he had gone past the word and spirit and gave his own self. This is what it means to mentor people, and this is what the church must do, especially, and I close with this, especially in this age, when we are in an age where people don't even talk or communicate together anymore. They'll text, they'll tweet themselves to the wide world, but face-to-face, people don't even look at each other in the face anymore. People can't sit and even communicate. And there's gonna come a time when people's lives are going to fall apart because you can't sustain that. But there's going to be a group of people who know how to communicate, who know how to give love, give their heart, and to listen and to instruct. It's the church of the living God. It's the people of Christ who have a heart for the lost, who will listen and cover with grace and minister the remedy of Christ's blood. That's us. So let's be mentoring like a mom. Amen? Stand with me this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.